Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. So it's been a few months since I've uh, since I've done this. So luckily, I prepared a uh, script just in case I forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs> in case right, you've me, forgotten your me, name and the name of the show that you created what, a this, dozen uh, years ago. All right. So apparently, the first line of the script is "Hi, I'm Jack." Very good. Keep going. Okay. So far, so good. And you are Lauren. That's right. And we have a Jonathan somewhere waiting in the wings. Yes. He, he is, he got us started and is now indisposed, as the professionals say. All right, welcome to Late Night Jenga Jam. Wait, wait, no, that's not right either. Glib Shark. Yes. We are Glib Shark. <laughs> Just shaking the rust off, getting yeah. back into podcast shape, live shape. We are recording this on July 18th, 2017. And we've got a lot to catch up on. I haven't been here in, I think, at least a couple of months, two, maybe three. I'm trying to remember the last time I was actually on the show. Um, Consistently, it's been a very long time. I think you, you've you been on once or twice in the last month or two. And then we've missed a couple of episodes for a variety of reasons, RTX being one of them, which is, I'm assuming, one of the things we want to talk about. But, I mean, you've been – but it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a surprise. You warned everybody – you told everybody what was going on, at least in general. You've announced why, and it was all a very good reason. So I don't, I don't think you have to apologize or anything. It's just, you know, it's life, and a new life too. 
Ah, yes, so much to talk about, not the least of which the birth of my daughter. Uh, but RTX, uh, Lady Doctors, um, Game of Thrones, so much more. All but the first, all the thrones. But, you know, before we do anything, we have to get to you, the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy, here to do a little something that we call This Week in Geek. How are you, Lauren? I am noticing that uh, on our Skype call that we are currently using, and in my tiny little window where I can see myself, I am seated not where I normally am on the couch, and so behind me I have the blocked off window, except it's very badly blocked off, so I apparently have light spots. Uh, it's I don't know. How many lights are there? Are there four lights? Please tell me if there are four lights. There are four lights! Yes! I, I knew I could do that. <laughs> I just have one thing for This Week in Geek this week, and as a surprise to nobody, it's D&D related because that's kind of taken over my life recently for a variety of reasons. If you are a fan of D&D, but not a fan of carrying around 20 million books, because let's face it, especially if you're a DM, there's a lot of books. Now you can get away basically with three books as a DM. You can do the player's guide, the dungeon master's guide and the monster manual. And that is it. You can even get away with less if you really want to. But the more you collect more things, the more books there are, and it gets heavy. Plus, there's some paperwork involved in playing D&D, and some math. How would you like to make all of that easier? Yeah, I knew you would. Now, 4th edition with Wizards of the Coast used to have a big online system that you could go to to create a character. And do some other stuff too, but it was... Uh, I would, I would say stripped down in a lot of ways, and it wasn't a full suite of tools that all that everyone could use, players and DMs, in order to be able to manage their game completely online. And so with 5th edition out, even though it's been out for a little while, Wizards of the Coast said, we're going to take the time and try to do this right. It's not going to be immediate, but it will be, we're going to do it right. And so for the last couple of months, we've all been participating in D&D Beyond, which is an online compendium, essentially. It lets you, it, it does everything you would want an online resource for D&D to do. You can create characters, you can create um, classes, you can look up spells, you can build campaigns, you can use items, you can look up monsters. Basically anything with the core rule books and even some of the extended rule books that you can do, you can do with this online builder. Now, it's been in a whole bunch of phases of alpha, beta, probably some other Greek letters. But they finally announced today, actually, that the full D&D Beyond website will be launching Tuesday, August 15th. That's right. All of the content will be available. And also their subscription model has been outlined. Because up until now, with it being in beta, it's been completely free for anyone to use. They haven't had everything up. For example, if you tried to create a character and wanted to create, say, a tabaxi, the stuff from Volo's Guide wasn't available. Some of the spells hadn't been available. Many of the sub-race options weren't available. But most of that has been added. Many of the online resources for creating campaigns and, and custom content as well. It's not just that DMs can create stuff that is already available in all the books, but if you create your own things, which most of us do, you there's a way to actually do custom content in this. 
So the interesting thing is going to be the actual subscription models. They've come out with a couple of different pricing schemes. And I have to admit, I don't quite understand how everything is going to work. There's still some questions. So players will be able to unlock official Dungeons & Dragons content in digital format for a one-time purchase that is integrated into the toolset. Players can also purchase individual game elements or bundled content within an official source. So, for example, you could just buy the entire player's handbook, um, which will be available for $29.99. And right now, the first week after, or not now, I should say, but the first week after launch, which is August 15th, it will be on sale for $19.99. But say you don't want to drop 20 bucks on the entire player's handbook. You just like playing a barbarian. You just want the barbarian shit so you can go be a barbarian. You are Carlton Tanks and just want to tank a Carlton. You can unlock that class and all of its options only and pay a small fraction of that fee. Or maybe you're a DM and you want to run just Tomb of Horrors from the book Tales from the Yawning Portal that came out a little while ago. You could unlock just that single adventure. So not all of the pricing is completely available. But as I said, they did announce that the digital source books, uh, the full books including the Player's Handbook, Volo's Guide to Monsters, uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual, all of that will be available for $29.99. And then adventure modules, such as like the Curse of Strahd or Storm King's Thunder, will be available for $24.99. And the first week after launch, the three core rule books, Player's Guide, Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual, will be on sale for $19.99 each. So... Wait a second, why am I buying these books if I already have book in hardcover? Well, I guess the reason you want to be a part of this website is because of the options that are involved. You actually sign up for a subscription to be able to use the suite of tools. And there's two different tiers that you can get to. There's the hero tier, which is $2.99 a month. It's intended mostly for players. There's no ads on the site. It invo- it allows players to create unlimited numbers of characters. And any publicly shared homebrew content can be added to your collection and used within your tool set. The master tier, which is $5.99 a month, is intended mostly for dungeon masters and full groups. So it grants all the benefits of the hero tier. It allows a DM to share all of their unlocked official content while other with other players in the campaign. And so you don't have to buy the content for everybody. So say Dungeon Drunks decides we are going to use D&D Beyond. And there's five of us. If I, as the DM, buy the books that we need to buy... So say the three core books and subscribe to the master tier and then invite you guys all in to join me. You guys don't have to pay anything. You get invited in and I get to share all of my benefits with you guys while we are in a campaign. So that's how the um, at first it sounds expensive because it's like, oh, God, I got to rebuy all these books and then I have to subscribe to something. But when you think about it as not individuals, but an entire group participating in this. All right, we're all going to put down 10 bucks so that Lauren can get the master tier and unlock the three core rule books, and then we're going to have access to everything, all of us, all the time. It's not that bad. There's still a lot of questions that need to be answered, and there's still a 
practically a whole month before this thing launches. So everything is still subject to change. I will say everything I've seen so far is the way the tools and um, the actual source book information when searching for stuff works, works really well. Uh, I don't know if I've actually said this, but for not just Dungeon Drunks, but our home game and other games that I've used, I have used D&D Beyond on my phone to look up things like spells for when, say, Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to know whether something can be cast as a ritual or not. You know, little things like that. So if this sounded like a big giant ad for D&D Beyond, it is and it isn't. It's mostly just I'm excited about this tool set because we haven't had anything like this in a very long time. And I am all for not having to drag my books everywhere. Oh, my God. So that's all for this week in Geek. I'm obo crazy. And I just <coughs> I just rolled in at one of my constitution saving throw and I'm tired. Oof. Oh, the world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact you want read live and on the air, you can send it to Lauren at OboCrazy.com or tweet her at OboCrazy, and she'll read it live and on the air. And while you're at it, go to our website, GlibShark.com, full of uh, all of our content, past episodes of uh, the classic late-night Jenga Jam, including the episode where we interview uh, Canadian web cartoonist Kate Beaton, uh, all-time podcast, and, uh, of course, uh, the latest GlibShark, and... Even Dungeons and Dragons and Dragons. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, Showing wait a minute. some of the rust. Showing some of the rust. Point of order. The floor recognizes Lauren. Oh, no. I'm actually waving to my husband. But I know you wanted to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. And you might have noticed that I, I didn't call it that. I called it something yeah, else. Yeah, you did yeah. call it something else. I called it a slightly different name. What did you call it again? I just called it Dungeon Drunks. Dungeon Drunks. Yeah. We are now much... dungeon drunks for your simplicity and the ability to sell shit. I mean, well, and 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 a middle ground of the ability to say get a URL that reflects our name because we couldn't get dungeons ampersand dragons ampersand drunks. Like there's no ampersands in URLs or in Instagrams or anything like that. But dungeon drunks is a little shorter. It's just as descriptive and it doesn't include ampersands. That also means we could sell shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I don't have to type two ampersands every time I describe what the show is. I know. I know. It actually now, takes less time to say dungeon drunks than it does say D and D and D. It, it takes less time. It takes less effort. However, that being said, I'm sure I will mess up on a regular basis. So and that's I was, okay. I was thinking about this last night a little bit and we all know that Bernie Burns changed the name of their podcast from The Drunk Tank to The Rooster Teeth Podcast. And they did it because uh, of a sponsor thing. And I was like, well, we don't want to do a whole lot of name changes. And Dungeon Drunks is fine, at least in my, in my view. I was thinking there is actually another successful property with Drunk in the name that has no problem getting sponsors. Drunk History. There you go. Yeah. So it can work. Like, I think, obviously, we don't promote drinking to excess. Or no. maybe we shouldn't. But, we don't. And I think it's very much the same as drunk history. You, It's people enjoying alcohol with the clear notion of, don't try this at home. We're having fun. It's funny. And that's really all there is to it. And I don't, I, I think in this day and age, there is so many, there's so much stuff out there 
that could potentially sponsor us. I don't know that anyone we would want as a sponsor would have an issue with the name. I agree. Also, I think anyone who listens to our shows, uh, live shows aside, which are a little different, um, and I'm not just talking about this last year, but just the last couple of years, the the drunken part of it is a little more tongue-in-cheek than anything else. We I like our format because it is slightly different than ev- everyone else's as far as we have an, an opening. We have a... We have a hi, how you doing? We're gonna chat a little bit, and the 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 thing we chat about is what we're drinking. And as anyone who has listened to us knows, on a very regular basis, we are we're more connoisseurs than we are drunkards. It's not like any of us are drinking Bud Light and trying to get blitzed. It's you know, hey, I got this cool thing that I'm trying, or oh, I'm just trying this this new beer, or you know, oh, this is what I had left over in the fridge, and and that kind of thing, or also on a regular basis, people are just drinking tea or water or that's okay. So the, the drunks thing is, is fun. And, but I, I agree. Anyone who is just going to see that and be like, ah, alcohol. Well, we could change the name to have nothing to do with alcohol or drunks or anything like that, but I wouldn't want to get away from that opening. I, I find our opening is fun. It's a nice way to get into the game and have a moment of personality between everybody before we get into character. And anyone, I wouldn't want to ever get rid of that. And anyone who's going to have a problem with drinking would want us to get rid of that. Nope. And so many good drink recommendations from the beginning of the show, like in terms of beers, in terms of cocktails, I would, I would miss that too. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is that, uh, and and we've actually gotten shout outs from our friends. Uh, I know, our good friend uh, Jamie, Calamity Jamie, on her stream once mentioned that, hey, I see Roadblock in the chat. He does this great D&D show called Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. I don't drink, but they do this great segment where they name off what they're drinking that night. And, and she loves that. Like, mm-hmm. that is an aspect of the show that I think a lot of people really like. Absolutely. So the name change really is... Um, it's 75% ease of use. And by ease of use, I really mean saying it, typing it, and using it in social media. And 25%, um, yeah, selling shit. I, yeah, we would love to be able to... Luke drew these gorgeous characters, and we would love to be able to sell a poster of those characters, say, next year at RTX for charity or for to help pay for some of the equipment that we use. And it's a little hard to do that with the ampersands and with the full Dungeons and Dragons in there. Um, so this is just this is just a little rejigger. I mean, when we came up with Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, all we were ever doing was the live game at RTX for charity. So we were just we were looking for something fun and descriptive. We never expected it to blossom into all of this. So this is this is just a little reaction. Everything else will be staying the same, though. Yeah. And we have a website, DungeonDrunks.com. So to be clear, um, Travancore will not be switching from a bow and arrow to a grappling hook, too, because censors have to deep cut <laughs> for anyone who's oh, old that, enough. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, not only was that a deep cut, you could have made it a less deep cut by just going with walkie-talkies. Yeah. Both of those would have been semi-deep cuts, and I appreciate both of them for different reasons. But I, 
and that still bothers me. It's been like 25 years. Why do they give him a so grappling relieved. hook? I saw E.T. on TV, I think it was. I, I This was a, about a month or so ago. And it was on like sci-fi or something like that. So we were just kind of switching channels. Like, okay, well, we'll watch this for a bit. And I was very, very happy that when it got to the part where the... FBI agents and police are naturally carrying shotguns. They were still fucking carrying shotguns. Good. It, it helps that Spielberg came out later. I don't remember how much later, but it was a little while later saying, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. It, it helps. And so he probably also has a hand in making sure that those edited versions, they don't do that edited version anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But do we want to talk a little bit more about RTX in general, since this is this is the first this is the first time we've had a chance to talk about it? I since... would love to talk about RTX in general. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm how's RTX? Putting... Yeah, and it was pretty great. It was a we, lot. We of did fun. we did miss you, buddy. We really did. Yeah, it didn't quite feel like RTX without you up in the party condo. Mm. I, I missed you guys too, but you know, this year of all years, I was where I need to be. And I have a feeling, I, I think I said to other people about this, like, even if I had been there, I don't think I would have been all there this year. No regrets. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. But next year, I will be all there for sure. Yeah. I'll be like, here you go, Maggie. Off to your grandma and grandpa. <laughs> My dad's going to go hang out with his friends for a little bit. As we said back when you told us that you weren't going to be able to come many, many months ago, because it's, it's not like this was a surprise. It's not like, oh, yeah, by the way, three weeks beforehand, we all agreed on the same thing, which is there is an RTX every year. In yep. fact, there's several of them now, but the first month of your child's life will only ever be the first month. So yeah, go, there isn't go a baby every family. year. I'm not that Catholic. <laughs> you know what? Even if you were you would still want to be around for the first month of all of your babies. Yeah, Even definitely. the 20th one. So we totally understand. And we did so, miss you yeah. a lot. And there's one or two plans for, for next year. Either um, either I go on my own and then, you know, we either have grandparents sit or, or, or my wife just watches her on her own. Or plan B, which is actually kind of cool. If we're feeling up to it, maybe all three of us go on to Austin. And we figure out Ooh. some sort of split between RTX proper and, and sightseeing and spending time with her and visiting relatives and doing a bunch of stuff and making it to a family trip. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If she's if she's up for it and you guys just want to go get, you know, your own condo or your own hotel room or something, or even if, you know, that that totally makes sense. Uh, that is flying with a a very small child, though. So, well, uh. yeah. Well, I we got time to figure it out. For now, let's let's talk about your guys, your your live game, which I was able to watch. Yay, we were live streaming. Once it actually worked. Yay. I was very very happy about that. And not only that, we got some professional ass video there. I don't know if you've seen, obviously Jack has, but for anyone who hasn't gone to uh, twitch.tv slash RTX governors. I think it is. Mm -hmm. If you go about five hours into that entire clip, you see there us. There we are. And yeah, we're the last we are two in, hours of the clip. We yeah. are in beautiful high definition. Yeah. Uh, you can see every, almost every bead of sweat on my, on my bald head. It's glorious. It gets much worse when I get a lot more drunk. Uh, you can see the, the, the details of uh, of Car of uh, Carlton's makeup, of John's makeup, which looked great. I, I yeah. thought that was a really awesome theme to have for that great. panel. 
Listen, I mean, you all, all look great, great, but he brings his A game every year for, for that. For predicting well, I gotta call John out for that. He um knows professionals who yeah. know what they're doing. He treats professionals like the professionals that they are and pays them what yeah, they are worth. Absolutely. And they in turn make him look fantastic. And I'm not saying any like he does all the right things. And and then he also he spends all day in that makeup, which, you know, so by the that that panel was at four o'clock, but he was in makeup and ready to go at like nine o'clock in the morning. I think I saw him first thing in the morning when the convention center opened up. So um, or no. I saw him that early in the morning, but the convention center hadn't opened up yet because it was Friday. But yeah, he spends all day in that makeup and it, he looked fantastic. Yeah, the we I mean, every year the, the Guardians and the tech people are awesome. The last couple of years that we haven't been live streamed have never been the Guardians or the tech on on staff on hand. It hasn't been their fault. It's always been a last minute decision by the people running RTX and deciding that evening events would not be streamed. So, you know, I've never really, we've always kind of been like, oh, I didn't think it's, but it's not their fault. They get the, they get the okay or the nay and that's what happens. But this year, everything not only happened like it was supposed to, but yeah, we were in that big, beautiful room and the, the tech people and the guardians that were on hand were, I mean, excuse my French, fucking awesome. They were we came walking on out. Um, let me back up. So John and I got there a little bit early. Um, we were there by three for the four o'clock show. So basically we hung around until the event before us ended and then came on in. And one of the tech guys who was be, he was the liaison that was in the back with us that let us know when it was okay to, to go on out. Like they were, everything was running and ready to go. And I don't remember his name. And I feel I like an asshole. They I were all cool. Guy. But yeah, he was super cool. He was, he was very, he had the right amount of calm professionalism while not coming across as too chill to care. Like that's a hard line to walk of like, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to treat you with respect, but I'm, I'm not going to be frantic about it. And he was just, all right, what do you need? Do you, how would you like stuff? When I asked for things that I figured might be a pain in the ass, like they had three tables out for us. And for only four people, it was going to be a little ridiculous, especially with me wanting to stand on the end. So I said, is there any way we could just move one of these tables or, you know, cause there's only the four of us. And they were all right on top of it, like, yeah, absolutely. But, 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 table gone, shift everything over, center everything. Here's what the lights are going to be. Here's what this. When do you want us to start? What do you need? How do we get the computer set up? Like, every step along the way, they were on top of things. And yeah, so it, we look that good because they knew what they were doing. And then we just showed up and put on a show, and it was great. It was awesome. It was and, so much fun. And, and, Obviously, we're going to be our our biggest critics, but mm -hmm. whenever I, I think of, damn, I got super sloppy drunk, or man, I, I missed an opportunity for a great joke or something like that, I think of every single person that I've run into who was at that panel telling me and us that they had a great time. Right. That's what's important. Yep. That That's the we, metric. That we entertain. And I have... I have heard this from friends that I trust 
absolutely 100% to tell me the truth. Yep, and yep. sometimes they do that uh, to a fault, but uh, they didn't have any of those kinds of comments. It was just, it was all positive. And yep. it recognized the faults. We, we know where to go. Next year, even better show. And, and yep. there is something to be said for truth in advertising, which I thought you guys delivered. <laughs> yeah, basically... I mean, to boil down what we've already talked about internally and what we've already said externally to a one-sentence thing, hey, we're probably just not going to drink quite so much. Probably. That's about it. That being I, said... I, okay, and I will say maybe it was not a bad, uh, a good idea. I what? did like the stunt drinking. I, I did like Which the Which stunt drinking? The, well, um... I guess I have several to choose from. Uh, the, That's the, why I asked. the surprise of the Hydra Hooch. I, I think I, I actually played back my, my and John's reaction to that initially for some coworkers that happened to be sitting near me. And they thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And because um, it was a, it was obviously very honest reactions. I mean, as much as I personally regret those moments because I feel bad that I didn't stop you in enough time. Yeah. The two of you, Oh, those, if, if, in this world of reaction videos, those are some of the best, honest, truest reactions ever. And uh, like, it's easy to think, hey, you know, I'm in front of an audience. I'm going to play this up a bit. No, no. You didn't have to. No playing up. Nope. Yeah, that was 100% genuine. Yeah. Uh, I do, though, and this is something I am going to bring to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Or Dungeons Drunks. Dungeon Drunks. My bad. You uh, bring to both focusing. of them. Uh, I do want to do the shot of fireball per fireballs. Okay, well... Not full shots. Half shots, maybe. Okay. But I, I, I thought that was funny, and I wish I hadn't... Be, one, I wish I hadn't been at, at drunk at, at that point when it happened, yeah. because I should, could have just done, like, half the bottle or something. But I think that's that's funny, right? I think that works. I'm going to do that from now on. Fireballs I'm for fireballs. Willing to entertain that while you continue to be at a level in where you might only be able to throw two or three fireballs in a game. As your level increases, I I might have some more problems with that idea. Well, that's yeah. why I was saying half shots too. As of right now, at maximum, Jonathan the Matchamuscular can throw three. five fireballs. Oh. Because three innately. Yeah. One with arcane recovery, and then one with this pearl of power once he gets back from uh, from Bernie. That's true. Okay. Because uh, I was thinking three, and then the fourth with the pearl, but I forgot about arcane recovery. Yeah. Then you know what I might say? As soon as you get another spell slot of that level, we might want to reconsider how much how much fire. Because that's right there. You throw it is. It is very possible in some games we for you to throw because all you need basically are five rounds, and then you're dead. <laughs> um, so, but that's, that's why I was saying half shots. I think I, I will tell you what I will workshop it on the show before we do it live. How about, how about this to start off with? May okay. I, may I offer a counter suggestion? You may. How about the first fireball that you shoot off in an, in an episode, you take a full shot, but no subsequent okay. fireballs. So just the first one. Yeah. I think that the, work. It's like the pilot work. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it becomes a moment in the show. Hey, first fireball, fireball shot, and then and then go. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, and then yeah. and then you don't have to, 
and then Jonathan, the player, doesn't have to gauge, do I want to do another fireball and get even more intoxicated versus Jonathan, the muscular, who's like, I really need to, like, crowd control yeah. over there. And, I, and more to the point, I think the max com- comedic effect comes from doing one. Like, if you do, like, eight, it's not as funny. Yeah, yeah. it's true. The by by, set, by six or seven, it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. It's just that is a it's very terrible point. for everyone. I did like the bit where after the Hydra Hooch, and I, I did go over this with uh, – with Jules, I think at some point I was whispering to her, and what I was whispering was, I'm going to try and cast Fireball. I need you to stop me. Because <laughs> I don't actually want to Fireball Wayland, but I think it's funny. It's like, oh, oh, cast Fireball. And then it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's, I, I think that was a good bit. So that was one thing that I did go over on stage with Jules was like, you need to stop me. And there's a couple of points where she kind of gets lazy about it. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, I guess. No, she almost let one fly. I was just like, come on, there was, stop me, please. There was a lot going on. There is, there is um, you guys. And this is also one of the reasons that I don't think we, uh, we need to drink quite so much. Um, I am of the five of us. I'm the only one with a performance background. And I say that because before we went out and the last couple of games, most of you have mentioned at some point about your nerves, about being nervous about going out and being able to perform in front of a crowd, which is 100% a normal reaction to have, even for someone with as much performance uh, in background as me. And I feel like, and this is why I'm like, during the show, when we just play, quote unquote, at home, the drinking happens, but it's a much more casual thing. And there's only been once or twice that it's gotten away from people. And it's either been we've ran long and and someone has been drinking a lot. Like, it's actually very rare that any of us drink a lot during an episode. But in front of a crowd, I think the nerves kicked in enough that the impetus was there to drink more and the hot lights and whatever. I, I w- would like to say this in, in front of our crowd, of, in front of the Glibshark community. You guys don't need to worry about it. You don't, you are really good performers. You are natural, charismatic people on stage who don't need the alcohol to loosen things up. I know you may feel that way. Um, and certainly. Oh, oh, oh well, I, I have a retort, but please. That's okay. Uh, I know you guys may feel that way. And whether or not, I'm not saying that's it. We're not drinking anymore. But like the live games, I've always felt like everybody's drank a little more than they've needed to or have in the past because of those nerves. And y'all got this. You don't, you don't need it. You don't need it at all. You're, you're going to be fine. You're awesome. And I'm not saying that's going to make the nerves go away because they won't. But you're awesome. Okay. The floor recognized Jonathan. I wasn't nervous at all. So I have a pretty good But you had pre-gamed. <laughs> I had pre-gamed. That's true. But I pre-gamed to get there. And it wasn't because of nerves. I mean, I always get... I have... I don't have nearly the performance experience that you do. But I have done lots of performance. I was in marching band. Yeah. I had solos in marching and, uh, and symphonic band. I'm a Toastmaster. So I, I have that experience in front of a crowd. I did it because I thought it would be funny. And that's really, that was my motivation. It wasn't to calm nerves, although that was probably a pleasant side effect because I tend to get nervous before lots of things. I get nervous before we do 
raid night sometimes because like, man, I just wouldn't really do well at the raid this week. I really did it because I thought it was going to be funny. And I can definitely see in the footage where it was funny for most of the show. And then it reached a point where it was just not funny anymore. Well, And I know I, that now. May I not retort, but comment on that? Sure. Floor recognizes you're, Lauren. You're right that it was funny. I'll say this. If you didn't have the I'm drinking part to be funny, you are funny. Yeah. It still would have been funny. Yeah, I know, but it and I probably played it up because it's the live show. Yeah. I kind of wanted to give a a special performance. And Absolutely. let's face it, it's RTX. People get drunk at panels. Yes, I've been oh, well, drunk at panels that weren't that one. <laughs> you heard at the beginning. I I make a crack to the audience about oh, you know, it's like the <laughs> RTX crowd likes it when people are drinking, and the the crowd goes wild. I mean, yeah, they're they're totally used to it, and it's a it's a different kind of having now seen and participated in a variety of live D and D shows. Our shows at RTX are a slightly different breed for very good reasons. And I think our show at a different event, if you know we were to perform somewhere else, if we were to play a game somewhere else, would probably be very different in the fact that there wouldn't be that impetus to drink quite so much because RTX is born out of the drunk tank. You know, yep. and yes, yep. RTX in general is has become a slightly more family friendly and a slightly younger crowd. But there is that that core element of of that kind of drinking. But we started all this being like, I don't want to talk about the drinking. And then we talked about the drinking. But hey, yeah. we're dungeon drunks. Yeah, I will, it, I will say this. this a little, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no I, w- I wanted to talk about other fun things about the event the, the or about our game. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll segue by saying over the course of the weekend, as I was incredibly blessed to have people come up to me to to congratulate me, to tell me about how much they had fun at the show. We had a lot of people come up to me to say, oh, I didn't I didn't know what you were. I'd never heard of your podcast, but I showed up because it was something to do and it was great. And now I'm subscribed. I had people come up to us who um who were basically super happy to see a D&D group. And I love John. Carlton is amazing. But they were really happy to see a D&D group that was not dominated by white men. You know, it was that made them happy to see two women and a person of color up there on that stage. And, you know, and John is wonderful and we're glad to have him, but that we are a rarity with that. And that made a lot of people feel But he is all that is evil in the world. But we can, we can say that. No, no, no. Yeah, we can can say that. I think him specifically? No, no. (laughs) So I had a lot of wonderful people saying that Um, amongst many of the moments that they pointed out. And uh, Jonathan, you can tell me what you got. What most people wanted to quote at me was, I'm not giving you drunk ass people pie. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and John re- John and Jules really wanted that pie and I'm just sitting there going I know we're never getting that pie it is not happening nope I bought that pie and when I bought the pie I even was saying to the people I, w- I was with um, <coughs> Becca and um, Fireball I was with um, Amanda and even as I was buying the pie I was telling them 
there is a good chance by the time we get to the portion of the show where I'm going to pull out the pie that I'm just not going to want to like have the pie anywhere near them because I don't want accidental food fight. But I, yeah, I wasn't expecting quite so much. And that was a moment I should have just left the pie alone. And as soon as I picked it up and I saw your eyes light up and I, and it, it turned into, I guess, a meme because, I, as I said, I had like a dozen people over the course of a couple of days be like, I'm not giving you drunk-ass people pie. And I'm like... Or a moment. Yeah, so it worked I out great, I think. Yeah. I, Lauren? Yeah? Your fears were well-founded. Good. Yeah. Uh, there about, were people in the pie. row, in that front row, that would have gotten a little bit of pie if we had gotten our hands on it. So good on you. That was an excellent call. <laughs> but I do, I do appreciate that people found that very funny. Um, the other moment that people really enjoyed was the moment where I said that the, the pie monster was going to do its legendary reaction. And you and, and John, being the seasoned players of the group, went, the pie is legendary reactions? that made everybody very happy. So uh, what were, what were some of the moments that you got tossed at you, John, Jonathan, that made people happy? Mostly people, uh, people reacting to the, the ghost pepper moonshine. Uh, A lot of people asking if I was okay. Like the people that I saw the next day while I was cosplaying, uh, they would, if if they recognized me or, or said, Hey, that was a great panel. Are you okay? Yeah. Yes, I am fine. Okay, Thank how about you. non-alcohol related stuff? Or at least yeah. non- were, were there any I love the moment when I personally loved the moment when and I I have gotten a couple of comments on this. When John is first taking this first sip of Hydra Hooch, as soon as you said the name, I'm like I have to throw a hail Hydra in here somewhere. So you can see, like, as soon as he grabs it and is about to take a sip, I undo my mic. I'm like, I am full well ready for everyone in the audience to hear what I'm about to say. And just as soon as he takes it, and then I'm like, hail Hydra. The the audience reaction, his reaction were all perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, Jenga, as a viewer of our wonderful podcast, what, what were some of your favorite, maybe less than alcoholic moments? Well, I think the Hill Hydra moment definitely was uh, was a hallmark there. Um, I I did like how you were able to. So, Jonathan, I've known him for a very, very long time, and he is a very polite person. He does not say shut up. He says, hold on. And hold about, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. About hold on. twenty I hold on. ons in, Lauren, you finally reasserted something. Like, no, like, like no, I am the the dungeon master. You hold on, and I'm just like <laughs> slow clap. Bravo! I am so Brava. sorry. I uh, that is one of the things that makes me cringe is how much interrupting cow I was. It wasn't like, just, if, if it makes you feel any better. Wasn't just you. No, I know. I and I feel like you guys. I did appreciate all the, the little comments and definitely having seen the reaction to, to everyone seeing my daughter for the first time, like, oh, they think she's as cute as I, I think she is. It's not just a, me being a dad. This is an objectively cute kid. It's objectively and was, cute and an objectively cute picture that so you as sent a, me to put up. Yeah, because the whole puzzled look she had, like, not do not know if want all over her face. She had that look. And it was perfect. And, and what was she wearing? Oh, she was wearing the player three has entered the game onesie that Jonathan got me. 
so everyone in the party basically sent stuff and sent well wishes, and we have a whole bunch of stuff and books and a and a tw- even a, a stuffed twenty sided die, thanks to uh, the the beautiful people in, in this group. So, I, I I appreciate all the little shout outs to me like in the game, like saying, oh, this thing like. Travancore's our moral compass. Wait, no, Shadow's our moral compass. <laughs> One of the two of them is our moral compass. There was a, oh, there was a deer pun early on. And I was like, oh, dear. And Jules is like, get out. And I'm like, no, someone yeah. has to represent Travancore. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So even if I wasn't physically there, I felt like my presence was was felt. And overall, the show was, I thought the show was funny. I thought the show was hilarious. I'm looking forward to seeing where this fits into future canon. Um, I actually, when I heard that Waylon was in this thing, I'm like, you know, someone say Travancore would want to mess this guy up. I'm like, I actually sent you guys a message on Facebook, like a messenger saying, yeah, mess him up. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, I loved, so one thing that I don't get to do often is that as a wizard, I, Jonathan the Metamuscular has a wide range of spells that he could possibly cast, and he can do just about anything he wants with wise spell preparation. But Jonathan the Metamuscular doesn't do any of that. He is a blasty wizard. He blasts shit. He blows stuff up, put, sets things on fire. And lately I've been trying to expand, like just say, hey, maybe I can use my spell this way or maybe this way. And I felt like the live show was one of the first times where not just with a few spells, but with almost all my spells, I was able to to add a funny little spin to them. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. I, I, I did enjoy that quite a bit. Well, and related to that, I enjoyed the moment that you were like, I want to be able to do the, the, the punchy fireball. I, I, as the DM, appreciated the opportunity to do something... To let you do to, to let you try to do something cool by asking you to do something because so you rolled and you hit and then I asked you to roll the melee spell attack yeah. and there was a moment of consternation from everybody where they're just like what do you mean he's hit that's all that's all it should be and I'm like nah I just want to make it cool you know because something like that I feel like. You know, just like anything you do role playing wise, if you try to do something epic but cool, I want you to have the opportunity to do it. It just might have the opportunity to fail spectacularly. So <laughs> I, I appreciated and, and I enjoyed the fact that you you asked to do something that was still 100 percent within the bounds of the game itself. You just asked to do role playing coolness with a mechanical spell and then rolled with me as I made you do something to make right. that happen. So I appreciated that. Um, I will say um, probably my favorite moment of the whole game was Bernie completely demolishing everybody in the pie yes, competition. That was fantastic. And, Which, and honestly, I'm glad it played out that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. I knew there. So I had created Luke had to sit for weeks listening to me come up with carnival type events for you guys to participate in. Um, many of which were more geared towards some skills than others. Um, sadly, we only got to essentially one of them because Waylon kind of had to happen. And the end obviously was the pie monster end, but depending on what you guys have been asking for, I, I had like four or five other games you could have gone and done. And they all were a variety of different skills. Some of them I basically, depending on, you could have just picked a skill and if you'd argued that it was worth it, I would have just let you use it. But when 
Carlton was all about strength and the, the strength competition and the, the hammer and the thing and everything. And then Bernie jumped in and is like, well, you know, statistically, I have a chance. So why not? I was like, yes. And then when she rolled that natural 20, her laugh, her laugh is probably the, my favorite thing in that whole that yeah, whole one that, and a half hour adventure. That was pretty great. I, that, that was amazing. Is, that is one of my favorite moments there. There are people who complain about that type of thing. There are people who, who say, oh, well, if you've got a half-orc barbarian who is all about strength and a gnome cleric, then the, the half-orc, just because of some dice rolls, the half-orc shouldn't be completely beaten by the gnome. And my answer to that is you watch that competition and you don't, you, there's no way you can tell me that that isn't amazing and fun. And that's why D&D and that D20 is the best thing ever. Because you know what? All of us are really good at, a, at something and all of us suck at that thing every once in a while. Yeah. And all of us get a moment of crazy inspiration and are suddenly amazing at something that we usually suck at. And that's D&D. Yeah. And real talk, maybe our background doesn't determine what we're capable of. A little bit of social commentary for all you guys out there. That one was well, on the house. <laughs> not only on the house, but uh, so I'll say this. the We talked, so so we played this game and then we all went back to our condos and recovered from the game. And then later on that evening, Izzy ran a game for a bunch of us in the condo, which included uh, Jonathan and I and, and some more of our friends. And I had drinks. You had more drinks. Um, I had more drinks. <laughs> it was several hours later and some food and water and sleep. So, yeah. um, but I ended up in a very interesting conversation with her that has, um, that I had been struggling with an issue and then she helped present an idea that I think I'm going to incorporate into future uh, characters and campaigns. We had been talking about encouraging players to play non-standard race class combos. So mm -hmm. uh, for those that don't know, there are um, classes that have specializations. You know, if you're a wizard, you tend to want to have a lot of intelligence. If you're a barbarian, you want to have a lot of strength. If you're, you know, things that kind of make sense, if, especially if you're an RPG nerd. The races that you can pick give bonuses to certain uh, traits. So if you are, say, an orc, you get a bonus to your strength. If you're, depending on what you are, you get, you usually get two bonuses, a plus two and a plus one to something. There's a couple of exceptions, but that's basically it. The problem with that is that when you're picking your race class combo, unless, unless you 100% don't care about that, and I think most players do care, they may decide that it's not worth it to care as much, or they may decide that um, they may not be bothered by it as much. But I think everybody who plays D&D wants their numbers to be good as well as the role playing. Um, yeah. It discourages a lot of, it basically encourages races to be with certain classes. For example, um, I've played a lot of Aarakocra. Aarakocra are awesome because they're the best thing ever of all time. Aarakocra, because they're bird people, have a bonus to their dexterity and a bonus to their wisdom. Is it wisdom? I was going to go yes. charisma, but I think it's wisdom. It is wisdom. It is wisdom? Okay. My first character that I played as an Aarakocra was a bard. In fact, Soria, as I've told the story, was my first fifth edition character. Um, she Bards, they want to have um, a lot of charisma, 
and they want and they don't really need anything else really and so soria the aarakocra bard combo wasn't necessarily the best one if you're just looking at numbers but i love the idea too much so anyway i'm talking with izzy about how oh you know i would love for someone to play a gnome barbarian or someone to play a half yeah you know for for someone to look through all of the races that are available and all the classes that are available and pick this and this because it looks like fun and then do the numbers later and she and but that i didn't want to completely get rid of those bonuses because that that feels like an integral part to the game and she had said that she had been playing around with allowing players to move the secondary stat. So you've got yourself a, a Aarakocra who's a plus two to dexterity. Well, Aarakocra, they're bird people. They're supposed to be dexterous. They're supposed, you know, so you leave that alone, but that plus one, you can then move to whatever stat you want. Mm. And so, yeah, if, if racially the bird people happen to be very fast, if you want to put that plus one in strength, and be the strongest Aarakocra ever, then why not? If you want to put it in charisma and be the bird bard, if you want to put it in, um, if you want to put it in intelligence and be a wizard, then it, it basically lets you play the race class you want. It still keeps your racial strength as it were, but it doesn't really penalize you right off the bat for picking an, an inoptimal setup. And, you know, we talked about it enough that I'm like, I, I think I'm going to take this idea and run with it. I'm going to, I'm going to steal this idea. Um, because I use the array basically as, as much as possible. Cause I think that's the fairest way of going about it. And you pair the array with that idea. And essentially there is no race class combo that you can't make that isn't completely op- optimized. You know, it's awesome. So that was a very fruitful conversation. And a little bit of, of some of my DMing style going forward is going to include allowing people to do that. Yeah, I we when we she and I had talked about it uh, in we we talk about D and D a lot. Mm. I had mentioned <laughs> that I was going to do that in an upcoming campaign that uh, that I'm going to be implementing it as well because I agree. Like there are some races that benefit from or some combos that benefit from the secondary stat as well. So mm-hmm. if you are a barbarian, you really want your con high because that adds to your unarmored defense. Same for monks uh, yep. with their wisdom index. So this this kind of helps helps that as well because then you could maybe have a strength monk that also has a decent wisdom for their armored defense. You don't have to you don't have to do all that. I in fact played a strength monk in that very game. I played a Goliath monk version of Sagat, the emperor of Muay Thai. And it was fun. It was fun as fuck. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that was, uh, that was a really nice way to kind of wind down that game that day. Uh, because that was, that was a day. Yeah. Uh, the next day was when speaking of Izzy, we went actually cosplayed and went as, beach versions of overwatch characters she went as beach diva i went as beach reaper and that was fun as hell i haven't cosplayed since pax what to say like 2014 2013 something like that and so it's been a while i loved it it was so much fun getting to see other reapers and other reapers going 
oh, hey, that's a good idea. That's that's a really awesome costume. When they clearly put way more effort and or money into their costumes because they looked got, like goddamn Reaper. And here I am with the, my Reaper mask and, and little aviators and board shorts and Hawaiian shirt with my two water guns. And they were, I was accepted into the Reaper community. It was great. And, and it, it was cool. Uh, you guys Izzy, look great. Yeah, and it, this was Izzy's first time cosplaying, and there were a couple of times where people were like, hey, Reapers, get in there. And I was like, okay, okay. And then, oh, Diva, come over here. And so she would come over, and then we'd take more pictures. It actually turned into a little bit of a of a uh, Overwatch group picture that, that is out there somewhere. So uh, There was another guy who wanted, uh, who actually had Izzy, like, throw up her little inner tube and then catch it so it framed her face. So that, you might be seeing her in one of those, like, cosplay at RTX videos that I'm sure will come out. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got to, we got to cruise the uh, expo hall in our costumes. We got to see Caleb try and ride a, a uh, rhinestone shark and totally eat shit. It was great. It was that was a lot of fun. Got to see level up dice. Those guys are awesome. Oh, I want some of those dice so bad. Oh my god, Lori! Did you see Lori got a got the caged version? Yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, those are so cool. She not only got the caged version, she got the caged version of the special color that only three sets had been made of that special color before the company that they got that color from stopped. Like when out of business i think it was and I, so i don't remember yeah i believe it was the, wherever they got that die from they went out of business and so level up was only able to make three sets of this dice it's a, a kind of a purplish color and um the owner has one set there's someone else who has the other who's the the name i'm forgetting and she has the third so i'm yeah there's a the flame touched um if you go to i think it's levelupdice.com I'm going to double check that real quick while we might change uh, what we're talking about, mostly because they're an Australian company. I know they have an American store that just opened up uh, Level Up Dice. I'm going to double check that it's a .com before I send people. It is a .net, so levelupdice.net. And when you see the prices, the first thing you're going to say, if you've never seen dice made out of precious stone or metal or anything that you're going to be like, what am I spending all this money on dice for when you can get like a $9 set of plastic dice? Listen, what they are selling is top quality dice and the prices they are asking are incredibly reasonable, super duper reasonable. Um, But yeah, they've got, I want that, that flame touched, um, set that's more money than i really dab at the moment um but yeah oh those those are gorgeous and those people were super nice we got to hang out with them a bunch afterwards they came to um the the side quest event on sunday evening and they're just really they're they're honest to god happy nerds who just love dice and they were super cool. And I sent people to their, their booth all weekend long so that I could vicariously live through them as they bought dice. Hmm. Okay, we only have a couple other a couple few minutes. Do we want to wrap up our talk about RTX and then maybe next week talk about Game of Thrones? Do we want to... D- Let's go a little long and, and get in a little bit about Game of Thrones tonight. Um... Jenga, have you seen Game of Thrones? Did you see the, the recent episode? No. So okay. on that note, you can Are, follow okay, me wait, at wait, Jack- wait, 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 wait. Okay. 
I have two follow-up questions to that. Okay. Are you planning on watching Game of Thrones? Don't know yet. Okay. And if we wait until next week to do a much more in-depth thing, will you watch an episode or two? Have Maybe. you watched any Game of Thrones? That's not a better season, question. Not since season one. All right, then. Yeah, then. Yeah, then you could watch and then you'd be super duper duper lost. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, my, I mean, from you guys, I know the bare bones of it, like, especially what happened with, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, like, like some of the key moments or whatever, because everyone talks about this show. So right. it's like you're surrounded with your, you, you pick up some of it, you know what I mean? So well, I think we I. Can, yeah, and yeah. we can pivot back to the con. I mean, I didn't. I got. I didn't actually see very much aside from Saturday. I did go to our good friend uh, Lauren Crozier's uh, Women of RT Animation panel. That was nice. on Saturday. That was a very good panel. Uh, if you've ever, if you follow Lauren on Twitter, you've probably seen a, a doodle she did of Felix and Locus and whoever the other guy was uh from the uh from the last season of red versus blue in their human characters washing a car in tiny tight boy shorts and so they had this like this uh reel of all of the artists and their different work and what they've worked on and stuff and they get that doodle up because lauren was on the panel and then whoever edited it started focusing on i think it was locus's butt just like his little doodle butt. And that was rolling. And then Lauren happened to notice that it was going because everyone started laughing. And she's like, oh, my God. I can't believe they did that. It was, it was hilarious. It's a good butt. Great panel. Good. Good, good. Um, I got to go to Nico and David Levy's panel about the music for um, Red vs. Blue, which was awesome. The last couple of years that he's done, that they've done a similar panel, have always been really good. They always bring, um, it's very informative, which a lot of panels are fun, but not a lot of them are actually like, here's how I do the shit that I do, and here's how to do it yourself, and here's some of the ideas and all the programs that I use. And Nico had a video of a tour of his home studio with emphasis on all of the different, um, instruments that he owns and has used and i i think he said he was planning on putting that video up on youtube i don't know if it's up yet but definitely keep an eye out for that if you weren't able to watch that panel take a look at that video it's it's awesome and the panel itself if you are at all even an inkling interested in composing or composing for um tv shows or online shows absolutely watch it and it's seven o'clock and we have to go we'll have to do Game of Thrones next week. You can follow her at Obocrazy, me at Jack Edithel, him at Road underscore Block, and us at Glib Shark. On behalf of Jonathan Lauren and the entire Glib Shark staff, this is Jack Edithel saying good night, good health, and stay sharky, my friends. Oh my god, that opening scene in Game of Thrones. Oh my god. I know, I know, oh my I know. God. And then the end scene. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, and all the scenes in between. I think, okay, couple of minutes, just just two minutes, two minutes, please, All right, please. Two All minutes, right. we'll definitely talk about it next week. I just, my husband has been home for an hour and okay, I have I'm to... even I'm even putting us on the timer for two minutes. Ready, okay. set, go. go. Ed Sheeran. Uh, so I don't get the, why people hated on that. I thought, I don't, I'm not a big Ed Sheeran fan. All I know is that my wife mentioned, oh, hey, that's Ed Sheeran. And then he sang a song, which if you're going to have Ed Sheeran on Game of Thrones, you got to have him sing. 
So it didn't like ruin my immersion. I thought it was a nice cameo. And apparently he deleted his Twitter Twitter because of it. Okay, so yeah, he deleted his, his Twitter. However, that being said, many, many months ago, he had tweeted that he's basically not on Twitter anymore, that he wasn't looking at anything. His Twitter was basically run by, I think his publicist or something, and was just doing like concert updates. So he did delete it. And the speculation is that it was because he was getting so much hate on Twitter, which I also agree. I don't understand. But yeah, um, Luke recognized him. I didn't. I will say this. If I hadn't recognized him, it wouldn't have changed my opinion of that scene, which is meh. It was nice. I thought it was semi-useful, but it definitely could have been cut. And I, I, I think the hate is probably coming from the idea that in in an episode that jumped around so much and showed so much important shit happening, that was the least important bit of shit and probably didn't need to be there. But I, I liked it still. What else? Uh, I loved, I think the two standouts were, were, um, were David Warner as Sir Walter Frey played by Arya Stark, which was pretty great. Uh, the other one was, was the Hound. I thought he was fantastic. One thing that I do want to say is that I love, I both love and hate that, that Game of Thrones respects their audience and expects them to remember things like the little, uh, peasant couple or the peasant man and the peasant little girl that he left to die essentially and that mm-hmm. this was a callback to that and there wasn't anything other than oh hey there's this realization but if it didn't if I didn't have the previously then I would have been lost but I'm really glad they put that in and trust the audience to know shit I, I think if they had if you didn't remember it I think there was enough in there but just like the character that came out was just like you knew who these people were there's an, there was enough in there with his acting with what was going on to know, oh, he is res- somehow responsible for these two, and that's why he's doing this. Like, I think you knew everything you need to know. Having remembered what happened helped. But I think that was still, I agree, that was a brilliant scene. Anything else? I think that's it. Oh, uh, some friends pointed out that Danny running her, her hands on the, uh, the painted table at Dragonstone. Keep in mind that, that uh, Stannis actually did bang a chick on that table. So, where has your hand been? Ew. Yeah. Nah. What are you going to do? Um, I am waiting for the, the other shoe to fall with Daenerys Targaryen because at this point, she is she is the front runner for everything. She's got the best army. She's got dragons. She's got ships. She's got all these men. And, and she's got some of the best advisors behind her. She's respected and loved. She has shown that she's a capable ruler who can both be tough but fair. Um, and ruthless and those three things aren't mutually exclusive and she's made this brilliant maneuver to go to dragonstone and i'm waiting for the other shoe to fall because everything seems to be going too well for her i agree and i think i want it to go well but right and i think there's a collision coming now that john snow really needs to get to dragonstone for that dragon glass but uh that that should be interesting, and hopefully that's something we get sooner rather than later because this is the second to last season. This is the penultimate. Things and have there's to start only like seven episodes. There's only seven episodes, and then next season there's seven episodes, and they're all supersized. They're all giant episodes. So oh, what do you mean? Uh, they're like ninety minutes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I think so. Yeah, I I think so. Okay. A- anyway. Things have to wrap up, and I think that's a good way to get two big main characters together is one of them needing something that the other one is at. 
So, and I think we'll there's a very see. yeah, I think there's a very good op- um, chance that the two of them would be able to ally of everybody. But are two minutes or more than up? Uh, two, it, it was two minutes of two minutes, and so and whatever. Anyway, okay. thank you so much, and we are actually going now. Bye. I love you. I Bye. love you too. Bye. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at GlibShark. You can even drop us a line, GlibShark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.